Get your ride ready for spring driving with Dobbs Spring Break Deals. Money saver deals you can use on Goodyear, Pirelli, Cooper, Michelin, and General Tires. Expert auto service, too. Click on GoToDobbs.com for spring break deals now. For over two decades, E&B Granite has been St. Louis's trusted name for kitchen, bathroom, and outdoor space renovations that are guaranteed to bring new life into your living spaces. Their skilled team will provide you with personalized customer service, fast turnaround times, and prices you won't find with big box stores. Support local and schedule free consultation at enbgranite.com or call them at 314-645-9300 or better yet, stop by the showroom and explore their massive inventory. Again, that's enbgranite.com. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Our presenting sponsor is Munganass, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota. Just go online at stlouisacura.com or altontoyota.com. Tim McKernan and Action Jackson with you here for one hour. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the program as he joins us every Tuesday, ladies and gentlemen, the voice of the St. Louis Blues, Chris Kerber. Morning, Kerbs. Morning, Tim. How are you today? I am wonderful. How are you doing? What's the good word? Tell me the good word. Uh, you know what I was looking yesterday? I was looking at a couple things. One of the things, Alex Ovechkin, you know, who, who missed a little bit of time to go home because his dad was sick. But Alex Ovechkin is now just 78 goals shy of Wayne Gretzky's goal record. And, you know, some were thinking it might take another, you know, three or four years going into this year. But the guy just hasn't slowed down. He's got 36 goals already. I don't know, and, and, and it doesn't look like the Caps are going to make the playoffs, but who knows? There's there, there's still a chance. Uh, but, you know, and obviously we're talking regular season goals, but at, at this kind of pace, there's a good chance it's not next year, but the year after that, like we're, we're less than two full seasons away from him setting the all-time goal-scoring record for the National Hockey League. Yeah, that doesn't seem to be getting near the attention that one would think. Well, you, you know what? This... This kind of thing, this is this is one of hockey's great challenges. It's going to get a lot more attention when he gets, obviously, I think, within 50. But you know that he's not going to get there next year. And he, I mean, I guess he could put up a 78-goal season. We have seen those before in the NHL. And Connor McDavid's on a you know, torrid pace right now, but he's still looking at maybe 65 this year. So it's, it's not completely on the radar screen enough, I think, too. However... I, I do think that compared to other sports, uh, when when big things happen, when a team changes a general manager, when certain deals are done, things like that, uh, the one challenge the National Hockey League still has will is is really fighting some of the mainstream talks. So, I mean, look, recently, you know, Stephen A. Smith and and that their their first take show or whatever they call that show, uh, <laughs> one guy asked what. One guy asked. <laughs> one guy recently. Well, it caused a stir on social media. It's the only reason I actually know about it. But one guy asked the question of uh, who's going to be the next team to win a championship in New York. And one of the panelists on the show said the New York. I saw Rangers. it. It was it was and, it was Michael K and Stephen A. Smith. Uh, and and Stephen A. Yeah, Smith said he did right. not uh, count hockey. Yeah, and he said, and 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 yeah, of course. And then you know, then the hockey mafia goes nuts and. And, you know, and, and he kind of, and then he has to put up some fake thing, you know, but, but the whole point of it, even there, even on a network where you're one of their properties, the guy asked the question, who is the next Rangers franchise to win a championship? Michael Case is the New York Rangers. And the guys on ESPN said, well, that doesn't count. 
And you're like, okay. But, but, it's, but it, it's an interesting thing, but I, I, here's, here's the flip side of this. You continue to see things. Like, to me, it's always it, – it takes such a while to get even into the bigger conscience. But the, the number of people we saw – like, had, had Sean Corrales played for the Columbus Blue Jackets the other night, there would have been three Blue Jackets players that are from Ohio playing in that game. You know, there's little things like that that show you the continued growth of the game. But from a talking head standpoint or whatever, certain things just don't get the attention quite that it would deserve, I would think. Yeah, there, there, there's something to be said for that. Also, I'm sure a lot of people just don't want to see him uh, break Gretzky's record. Perhaps something similar to what uh, Roger Maris was dealing with in 1961 with, with Babe Ruth. Where do you think he would be, Ovechkin that is, without three lockouts in his career. I mean, he missed the equivalent of two full seasons, plus you had the COVID here. So we got we got to factor in some he, math he, he, he'd here. He'd have blown past it. He, yeah. He would have blown past it. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that, that's a great point. You know, there was only 48 games in, in that 12-13 season, and he had 32 goals that year. You know, now, well, I actually, and wait a minute, in all fairness, maybe he wouldn't have blown past it because so he had, because he was drafted first overall in, in 2005. So he was the first. Uh, so or two. When was he drafted? He was he was first overall in in uh, in '04. Sidney Crosby was '05. So he was drafted first overall in '04. So yeah, maybe he does come in that first year right before the lock or, or during the lockout and score because his rookie year scored 52 goals. So yeah, he might be he might have blown past it already. That's a great point. Yeah, that, uh, that's something that uh, I had uh, a friend of mine who's listening to our conversation text in and said, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, he missed essentially, you know, the equivalent of two full seasons. And, and if you think about where he would be with that, uh, he would be right around that number uh, already. Hey, I wanted to ask you this, and uh, in, in, I like these big picture kind of looking back questions. And now that you've had, is it, what are we at? We had 23 seasons with the Blues, 22 seasons? Uh, no, this is... Uh... Yeah, it was twenty-third year with the team. I guess twenty-second season because of that lockout. The okay, way got it. Okay, all right. It, but yeah. So, so here is here is a question, and and I've been uh, doing either television or radio for all of the years that you've been calling the Blues, and so it allows us to look back yeah. on happier times, and then get your perspective on this question. Since you have been calling Blues games, there have been a lot of good teams. Obviously, this year a disappointment, but uh, there has been a sustained period of success going into this season. Which teams, in your opinion, were the Blues' best chances to win the Cup but came up short, and in your opinion, why? There is one team that I think you may mention that I think for a lot of fans perhaps will fly under the radar, and I want to see if we're on the same page, but I don't want to give it away until you uh, give your answer. There is one team that truly stands out to me in that class, and that would be the 2003 team. God, that's the one. We're on the same page. That, now, why that, do you say that? that? Yours? That yeah. was mine as well. They that was a team that was up three one on the Canucks, and then everybody got sick. And I think some of the powerhouses, like the Avalanche and Red Wings, might have lost in the first round, so that the door was open. If memory serves, that's well, and and that and that's really it. You had you had a lot go you had a lot go your way um, out, outside of just your own uh, outside of just your own series. Colorado loses in the first round. Detroit loses in the first round. Um, you know that that was a year that. You finished second in the division. I think it was, if I'm not mistaken, too, it was Joe Quenville's last full season uh, yeah, with the Blues, right. and they had 99. Yeah, they had they had 99 points. They had 99 points that year. But 
it, they just that that was that was a year that th- there were two things. One, yeah, they got sick uh, in that first round. It got it was crazy, you know. But you, you had Pavel Dimitra crossing the ninety point plateau that year, which was just amazing. Scott Mellenby was playing well. Keith Kachuk, you know, was was playing really well. Had a thirty goal season that year as well. It was just a it was a really good, solid, strong team. You know, with, with with Kachuk and those guys going, and Al McKinnis patrolling the blue line, and the challenge that you had there, really though for me was the fact that you just didn't have a goaltender. I mean, that was a year, believe it or not, that was a year they had seven goalies used that year. But I think they oh started wow, with that was that year. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Chris Osgood, uh, Chris Osgood was with the team. Curtis Sanford, they had called up Divas, Cody Rudkowski. That was a year they'd even used they even used Tom Barrasso for a couple of games, and then things just in that first round seven game series just just did not go very well, and uh, and and that's the shame of it, you know. Be, I mean, but but to me that that was the team that I felt had the best path and probably the best chance of winning the Stanley Cup out of all of them. Which is which the reason why I said it'll be interesting to see if if we're thinking of the same one. Because 2000, now I know you weren't with the team, though, in 2000. 2000, you have the President's Trophy season. You lose to the Sharks in right. seven. 2001, you're in the Western Conference Final and lose to the Avalanche in five, albeit four of those five games were uh, incredibly tight. And I think three of the five were overtime games, if not four. Well, uh, they were. They were, but that was a series, too. You had swept the Dallas Stars the series yep. before. You're on a pretty good roll. But uh, Pat, Patrick Robb was in goal for Colorado. And, yes. and Roman Turk was not going to outdo a Patrick Waugh. And- <laughs> that is correct. Brent Johnson got the start in game five. Uh, plus, if you recall, before that, Peter Forsberg had, what, some appendectomy or something like that that, that took him out. Yep. And so at that moment, you're going, oh, my goodness, the door is open. 2012 certainly felt like there was some momentum, and then the Kings went on their run. And, of course, 2016 with the Blues get into the Western Conference Final and uh, in 2022, any of those years stand out if you would put a, a silver medal around one of the uh, teams and a chance for the Stanley Cup? Well, I think, uh, yeah, I think after 03, uh, yeah, so one of the, obviously, obviously you had, you, you had one of the chances. I mean, to get to the conference final there in, in 2000, 2001. You, you, you've got a legitimate chance there if you, if you can beat Colorado. But again, you ran up against the, uh, you know, the team that were going to win the cup. Um, I think, uh, yeah, you know what? If, if you go back to the 16 team, they were inexperienced, but they did get to the, to the conference finals. And frankly, I think any team that can get to the conference finals, you've got to consider to be a le- legit contender. So to me, that, there have been some really, really good teams, the early 2000 teams. Then there's the rebuild, uh, the 2016, and then, of course, the 2019 team did what they did. But that 2019 team had what none of those other teams had, and that's, that's the goaltender to be the difference maker. And the 2019 team had, had Bennington to be a difference maker. Oh, that's and the truth. The team also, here's, a, yeah, here's, a, here's a real quick story about the loyalty for you. And, and that, that how much the Blues organizationally believed they were close to winning the Stanley Cup. After my after my first year with the Blues, I was on a one year contract. And if you remember at the time, Tim, back at that at that point in time, the the you know when when there was 
no local television, Ken Wilson would slide over and do the play-by-play. I would then shift into the pregame and intermission host mode. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the fir- at the end of the first contract, the discussion came up in, in my contract negotiations. Okay, when uh, when does that situation end? Now that you've proven yourself uh, that you can do a season and do some games, and when does it not? And and this is fan- and I've, I've appreciated this moment forever because I, I I really have. The loyalty that, that that Jim Woodcock instilled as in his tenure with the Blues and what he said, but he he looked right at me and he said, "Look, we feel like we're close to winning a Stanley Cup, and if we get that far, Ken Wilson deserves to call that game." And and so that's that's one of the main reasons that they kept that uh, that situation there for the next couple of years. And when they said that, and we were at the MAC down down in the Jack Buck Grill having lunch. And when he said that to me, I looked at Jim Woodcock. I said, "I said nobody can argue with that, or with that, you know, reasoning. You really can't. If, if that, that's loyalty to a guy that was going in his what, 16th, 17th year, 18th year of broadcasting for the team." And they said, "No, we're close to winning a Stanley Cup, and if we get that far, this guy should be calling it." How about and that? Said, okay, shook hands on a new two-year contract, and, and we're just fine with it. I did not know that story. That's a hell of a little anecdote there. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a great example of loyalty that I've I've always appreciated in my career. You know. Yeah, well, the, like I said, the Blues just do things the right way. That has been the case uh, for so many years with the organization. Chris Kerber with us every Tuesday here on Munganass presentation of Balloon Party. Kerbs always appreciate the time. Thank you so much, fine sir. Tim, the fact that I did not have to break down my thoughts for you on Verona's first couple games has just made my day. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, it was all in the strategy, I assure you. That's quite quite impressive. I appreciate it. Have an awesome week. You too, man. Take it easy. That's Chris Kerber with us here uh, on uh, Balloon Party.